Hey, comrades, welcome back to the Bill Kasky podcast. Before we get started today, I want to introduce you to something we've talked about a little bit, the 2X Academy. If you'll go to the2xacademy.com, you'll see a page that has uh, some information on it. If you are someone who is looking for growth, personal development, and you really don't want to hire a coach at $3,000 a month or a grand a month or whatever coaches are today, I've got a coaching practice, so I know what my fee is, but there are a lot of it's a, it runs the gamut. But if you really do want monthly professional development, we've developed this thing called the 2X Academy. It's a $97 a month membership site. And every month I go live for 90 minutes teaching something that I see is relevant based on my experience, current experience with Salesforce's B2B salespeople. November 10th is the next one. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about it, you can go to the2xacademy.com. We're going to be talking about how to craft an irresistible message. Messaging is huge today. It's huge. And it will be next year too. So if you're interested in that, go to the2xacademy.com. Love to have you a part of that. I'm going to share something with you today that I've not shared with many other people. And I'm working with a coach right now. I've really not worked with a one-to-one coach for an extended period of time. And I started to do this here in the last couple of months because I'm feeling like uh, there's some new vistas that I want to pursue out in the market in terms of coaching and training. And I need somebody to help me through those things, talk and walk and challenge me. And if you don't have a coach that you rely on to do that, I suggest you get one. It's an extremely valuable process. A coach is not somebody who tells you what to do. It is someone who plums and prods and prompts and challenges and questions you to get to where where you want to go and why you want to go there. And so in my work with my coach, uh, we have been working on sharing deep stories. And that's what I'm going to do today. I've been a little reluctant in the past because I don't like to make myself out to be some kind of either victim or hero because I'm neither. I'm just a human being, as we all are, kind of trying to make our way through the world. And we make decisions, we make mistakes, we rally from those mistakes. There's this element of mountains that we climb up on, and we are the king of the world. And there's also valleys that we slip into. And so uh, I want to share with you something, uh, because I think this might help you, and I'm going to create some lessons from it that I think we can all learn from. I woke up at 30 years old with a substance abuse problem. Mine happened to be alcohol, my substance of choice, my drug of choice. I really wasn't sure what to do about it, although I was in plenty of denial in my 20s that it was a problem. And it's one of those things that once you finally come to terms that you got to do something about it, everybody around you says, yep. It's time. Yep, I've seen that for a while. And sometimes you're like, well, why didn't you tell me? But sometimes the the person who has the addiction can't see it. And even if people and friends and family suggest, hey, you better, you better take a look at this, uh, you don't because you say, ah, that's no problem. I'm okay. And there's something called the bottom in addiction. And by addiction, I don't just mean substance. Addiction, we can be addicted to a lot of things. We can be addicted to the yes in sales. We can be addicted to the money that comes from doing a deal. We can be addicted to shopping or music or, I mean, there's all sorts of things uh, that we can become addicted to. And the bottom is when 
it kind of comes, it, it's like a snap into focus. The bottom comes, it's like, okay, now I get it. I got to do something about this. And for substance, it can be arrest, it can be death, it can be paralyzing car accident, it could be a DUI. I remember distinctly my bottom, and that was, I was on my way home Sunday night from, a, I think it was a Colts game, a, a professional football team here in Indianapolis, NFL team. And I thought I needed one more drink before I headed home, probably 11 o'clock. And we'd been partying all day at the Colts game, probably before, probably before the before. Remember, I'm 30 years old now, so forgive me. Uh, And I, I remember sitting there in an empty bar, having a glass of wine, which I didn't need, by the way, you probably assumed that. And I remember the, the thought came to me, is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life? This is what your life is going to look like in 15, 20, 25 years. Is this who you are? Are you living the life that is on purpose for why you were put here? If in fact you believe you were put here, I believe that now I believe something that I probably didn't believe at 30. But that was that uh, crucial conversation I had with myself. And I can't tell you that it was uh, logical. It wasn't logical. It was very emotional. And that was the night I said, no, this is not me. I can't, I can't keep doing this. I was letting other people down. I was letting myself down, letting my managers down at the, at the company I worked for. And really, it was about being adrift. It was about drifting out in the ocean on a ship that was just being cast about based on which way the waves were going, the wind was blowing, uh, no direction, no bright light. I've talked about the bright light at the end of the tunnel where you can see it and you can say, yes, that's where I'm going to be. I had no bright light, had no vision, had no focus. I was all over the place. I was adrift. And why am I telling you this story? I'm telling it to you because for three reasons. Number one, it's possible that someone you know is adrift. And I'm bringing this up now because of the pandemic and because of just everything is kind of an upheaval and the, and the ground is still, we got some tremors in the ground and we will continue to have those. The, the earth is, is kind of shaking underneath our feet. We're a little bit unstable because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't even know what happened. It happened so quick. I mean, if you think back to, you know, six, eight months ago, just where, what, what, what has happened? I think we're all just a little unnerved by it all. And there's probably somebody you know who is adrift. And I don't mean substance abuse adrift. I just mean adrift. And I think it's okay for you to start a conversation with that person. And I don't think it begins with, hey, John, you're kind of drifting around out there, aren't you? You look like you're, uh, you got no focus and you got no vision. You look like you're a basket case. I don't think that's the way to begin that conversation, although you could if you know that person really well. I think it's more likely you'll say, Hey, John, tell me what you want to do with your life over the next three to five years. And I think that causes people to start to plumb deeper into their heart, maybe their soul, but at least their heart, and start to start to realize, and that's what questions do to me, is they help a person realize what's true for them. Are you on a path to get there is the next question. 
So if you say, John, tell me about what you want, what you want your life to look like in three to five years. If you get something back like, ah, you know what? I don't think much about that. That's for sissies. Nobody, nobody really cares. Or they say, no, I want to be in this position. The next logical question is, do you believe you're on the path to get there? Sometimes the person will lie to you because that if, you're, if you don't have good rapport, they'll say, oh, yeah, no, I'm on the path. But what you've done is planted a seed. And if it's somebody close to you, family member, relative, somebody you work with for or report to, uh, I think it's a great question. And it causes you to think and causes the person to think. And also you can come back to the third question was, what do you think is in your way? Allow them to start to build the case for knocking down some of those roadblocks. So that's number one. Somebody you know might be adrift. I never had anybody like that in my life. I never had someone even either tell me that I was adrift or tell me I was messing things up or ask these questions. I think if somebody would have asked me that question uh, the night before uh, the, the, the uh, evening I just talked about, I would have probably realized that I was big time adrift. Number two reason I'm sharing this with you is maybe you've battled back from some dis- disappointment. Maybe it's you that's adrift. Maybe you need to ask yourself some hard questions like, what is my life about? Where am I going on this journey? Do I have any destinations? Do I enjoy the process? Do I love the journey? Maybe you have some of those conversations late at night with yourself. And I think those are really healthy conversations. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to have those conversations. We're too busy, too busy doing, 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 doing. And I'm convinced that times of reflection can be very high pay, valuable times. But we often don't allow ourselves that time. And it could be getting away for a weekend alone. It could be uh, going off into a, a retreat. Uh, I don't think it's 15 minutes between uh, home and work as you're stopping at Starbucks to get a coffee and Dunkin' Donuts to grab a donut. I don't think that's a good time to do it in the car. I think this is, I think the questions you have to ask yourself really require some reflection and thought and time. And the third reason I'm doing this is I want to share a handful of lessons that I've learned, and I am in no way suggesting that these lessons would be helpful for you. I think some will be, and part of what informs any coaching I do, any training, is these lessons that I've learned. Number one, Matthew McConaughey talks a little bit, and he's been on a lot of podcasts. He talks about the the connection between your heart and your head, and he says, is the connection an Audubon where everything that's in your heart makes it to your head? Or is it a dirt road where things in your heart never make it to your head? Are we living lives from our heads or from our hearts? And that's a tough one. I think that's a difficult question to answer. But I think the summation of it comes from the question is, are you doing what you love doing? Do you love doing what you're doing? Is there meaning and purpose in what you're doing? Number two, The more you identify with success or failure, for me, the more I identified, the more separated I became from my true self. I talk about this, talked about it in one of our lead generation programs the other day. I was speaking about self-worth, and I'm convinced that self-worth, self-esteem, self-image, whatever uh, self-adjective you want to put in there, is at the heart of our issues. And the traditional way we've looked at that is, well, if I... 
have a goal and I take action and I expend effort and I accomplish the goal, my self-worth will be higher. Personally, I think that's dangerous. I think when you tie your self-image and self-worth only to accomplishments, material accomplishments, external accomplishments, I think that's dangerous because the fact is that you are worth something whether you accomplish that or not. I don't think you're worth more if you earn a half million dollars a year than you are if you earn $100,000 a year. Your net worth might be different, but I don't think your self-worth should be any different. And I think if you're going to set big goals and set goals of any kind, it makes some sense to work on our self-worth first because I think the goals will be bigger, they'll be more joyful, they'll be different. So separating from your true self, who, who you really are, not the false self of the persona and how you, how you show yourself to people, what's really true for you is a, is a really powerful place to operate from. Number three, letting go of outcomes is an extremely healthy place. I do not mean don't care. I do not mean detach. I see a lot of times people who I coach will get so hung up in the outcome that they don't enjoy the journey to the outcome. And I think the healthiest place to be is, you know what? It would be cool if I could accomplish X goal in three years. It would be, it would be fun. It would be amazing. The journey would be invigorating and inspiring and creative. But you know what? If I don't accomplish it, I don't accomplish it. I think that's a very healthy place. And I know that goes against a lot of the traditional management, management by objectives and all that, what I think is garbage. I think you can still have goals. I think you can still have plans. But at some point, I think you have to let go of the outcome to enjoy the journey. My belief is that if you enjoy the journey from, let's say you want to earn, go from $100,000 to $200,000 a year, and the journey requires you to lock yourself up in a fluorescent lit cubicle room eight hours a day and make a thousand cold calls a week, and you hate cold calls, I would say you're probably not going to accomplish that. Or you're going to be miserable and you're going to be drinking at night and addicted to crap and unpleasant to be around. But if the journey from 100,000 to 200,000 is joyful and creative and you look at it and say, you know, if I could do this and if I could run a YouTube channel and do a podcast and have people call me when they have problems and speak at events and, and reach out to people a couple times a week and serve them, if that would really float your boat, then I think that's the recipe for success for you. Number four, service work is the key. In some of the recovery programs, there is a big emphasis put on serving others, serving others who have addictions or problems, uh, serving others just period, just, just serving humanity. And I'm not talking about starting GoFundMe page to solve world hunger. I'm talking about is there anybody in your life, which we just talked about here earlier, anybody in your life who's adrift, that is a way to serve other people. And the fifth thing is the racehorse analogy that I've used before is that I think deep down we all have a lot of ambition. We all have a vision for ourselves of how we want life and business uh, to turn out, to look like. And there are things that shackle us and hold us back. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we go out and search for things that would make us run faster. And really what we need to do is take off the shackles take off those things, get rid of those things that stop us from running faster. And in my world, it was substance. 
In your world, it might be something else. Some things I think are not having a clear vision of what you want your life to look like or what you want your business life or what you want your income or your lifestyle. Not having that is a shackle. So it's not just about going out and getting things and buying courses and all that. It's about deshackling yourself, unloading the load that you carry around with you. And again, that's another thing coaching can do as well. But I think once we do those things, then we're ready to run. And if you are finding yourself in a place where motivation wanes sometimes, and it's like, oh, God, I got to go do that again, or Groundhog Day, Jesus, it seems like I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm doing the same thing every day. Then you, you fig- got to figure out what's holding you back. Do you have habits? Do you have behaviors? Do you, have, do you not have a clear vision? Do you not understand who you are, what you want, what your values are? You're not connected with your true self. All those things which we don't have time to talk about today. But I think the lesson there is make check out the shackles. See where you're being held back. I hope this has been helpful for you. I will not be coming back to this often, although I think the lessons are relevant. And I think this idea of are you adrift or do you know people around you who are and take action with it. Serve them. Serve yourself. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you next time. You can go to BillKasky.com find out more about some of the work we do. Bye.